how to win customers on LinkedIn even during a recession. 2019, I have zero followers on LinkedIn. I create a brand new profile. I start putting out content, building a following, engaging, sending video DMs. Less than three years later, one over 100 customers here, 28,000 followers plus. Got invited to speaking engagements, virtual events, been on stage because of LinkedIn, met best friends because of LinkedIn, and generated millions and millions of views from founders, CEOs, VPs, and execs. So it doesn't take like a decade to actually do this, but I also started this right in the middle of a pandemic and then we went to sort of into that recession, right? So I know what it's like to start in the middle of this. And I thought about, you know, 2019, when I started from zero to today, what, what did I do that really got me here? And what am I doing with customers that are really getting them to where they wanna go? And there was really two things that I came up with because as I go through this whole process for these lives, guys, I try to, I come up with one thing and then I dumb it down. And then I come up with another thing and then I dumb it down, right? So I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. And I was like, there's really two core things that I did and that I would teach somebody to do on LinkedIn to win customers here. Number one is clarify. And number two is communicate. And I'm gonna break both of these down. But you have to be surgical on LinkedIn. Like you gotta go in there like a brain surgeon and get in people's minds. It's way different than TikTok. TikTok and some of the other platforms, it's a lot about putting out a lot of content and hoping it reaches the right people. LinkedIn, you actually can go in there and be surgical and find the people that you wanna connect with by job title, by company size, by revenue size. Like you can do all of that, posted content in the last 30 days. And then you gotta train the LinkedIn algorithm by engaging with those folks, sending connection requests. And if you did 10 to 20 a day, that's plenty. But what because it's a social graph and not an interest graph-based algorithm, those people start showing up in your feed. For example, someone liked one of my posts. I looked at their, I've never seen this person before in my life, right? Decision maker, CEO, founder of a company. She liked one of my videos. I go to her profile, I go, who is this person? Because I'm just checking if there's anybody in my target demographic, I'm going through and they've liked my videos, I'm gonna check them out because that's how conversations sometimes start and that's how potentially clients end up being one. I go to her profile, just look at her profile, I don't engage with any of the content, none of that stuff. All I do is look at a profile and then literally two hours later, she shows up in my feed. So it just goes to show that like even little minor activity, if you're doing it with your target demographic, the people you wanna do business with, that signals to the LinkedIn algorithm that, hey, show more of their, their content in that person's feed and vice versa. Show more of their content in your feed. So it's really, really important that you keep that in mind as you navigate through the LinkedIn channels. It's not just about posting content and hoping something happens. You gotta be very strategic. It's a very tactical place when you break it down. Like I talk to companies and individuals, but mostly companies that I work with, and there's people that have been putting out content on LinkedIn for over a year and haven't won a single customer. And when I dive in and I'm like reviewing their profile, I'm like, all right, the contents, it's, you know, it, could do, it could use some work, but messaging's a little bit all over the place. But even when the content is actually good, I go, what's your strategy to connect and engage with your potential customers? And typically there's not one. And so it's like, you gotta actually get those people in your feed. Like it's not gonna magically happen, right? So, I mean, eventually maybe they'll come, but you, that's the place where you wanna be tactical. So um, clarify, let's start with clarify, then I'll get into communicate, which is more of the content engagement, that kind of stuff. Um, I've been noticing, like the longer I do this, the more I realize how important brand strategy is. And if you're not very clear what that is, like a lot of people think brand, they think logos, colors, you know, trademarks, uh, taglines, like all the fun, cool stuff. Brand to me starts with the story that you're communicating to your target customer, to your audience. A great book to pick up 
and you could watch his videos too, is by Donald Miller. I think it's called Story Brand. Yeah, Story Brand. It's a great book. And basically what he does, and he's been teaching this stuff for decades, is he outlines how you need to build your brand around your customer, your unique point of view, your perspective, your messaging. But it's almost like taking that customer through a story and they become the hero in that story. And you are not the hero as the content creator, as the business owner, as a CEO, as the executive trying to attract the customers. You are the guide. So you are the Obi-Wan Kenobi to the Luke Skywalker. Okay, a lot of people come out and try to be the Luke Skywalker. It's like, well, then who's your customer in this story? Because how do they fit in if you're playing the hero, right? So you have to be the guide, take them through this journey. But every time I look at a comp- one of the biggest mistakes that companies make on LinkedIn and with their websites is that the messaging is just all over the place. And I can't, first of all, I can't even tell what they do. Like I'm trying to scrub through and figure out what, what, what are they trying to communicate to me here? What is it that they really do? Like I reviewed a profile today. And before the call, uh, and they told me on the call, they were like, I think our LinkedIn profile is not very consistent. It's kind of hard to tell what we do. Our website's kind of the same way. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I literally, I went to your LinkedIn profile. I went to your website. I came back. I was like, I still, I know what industry you're in, but I, I could not communicate back what you do clearly. Now, here's the opposite of that. I was on a call just today. This is a great example of clear, like clarity in your brand. I was on a call today. The lady literally picks up, she's head of a company, marketing. She picks up her notepad. She goes, check what out, check out what I wrote on the notepad. I'm like, what is it? And she's like, your video content should be a 24-7 sales rep for your business. Exactly our kind of slogan and tagline right now. She wrote down, build a video content machine. Exactly what I talk about all the freaking time. On my LinkedIn profile, on the websites, in the content. So when someone can regurgitate that message back to you and you're getting that consistently on calls, like people are just getting very clearly what you do, like that's a great sign. That means you've probably got some good brand messaging and you're probably painting the story in the picture very clearly for the client. But a lot of times when I'm working with new clients, that is the first place we go is what's your brand? What do your customers care about? What's your message? What's your unique point of view or perspective? And then how do we get that out and tell that story to the masses? You know, you have to drill the messaging in their brain. You have to get, you have to talk about it all the time. Like people are scared to talk about the same subjects and topics and messaging because they feel like, oh, I don't want to be redundant. But the reality is by talking about so many different things, you're not consistent. And so then people don't really know what you do or what you bring to the table. You want them to come to a meeting and have seen your content and have seen your profile on your website and go, I know exactly what this person does. And I know their unique value proposition and what they're going to bring to the table. It's so much easier to close deals. Like they should be 90% of the way sold by the time they get to you because of that. All right, so obviously those types of things are gonna go on your LinkedIn profile, whether it's your, your, I would say your headlines, probably the most important part of your LinkedIn profile because that's what people see, those first few words. That's what people see when you engage on someone else's content. So they're going through the feed and they see that you liked so-and-so's post or you commented on so-and-so's post, they're going to see your headline, your name, your picture, and your headline. Right? When you post content and they're like, oh, this is good. Who's this person? The first thing they're going to see is your headline. So making sure that it's clear, that if people read it, they know exactly what you do. And then two, there's some level of intrigue. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I'd love to have that. Right? It's maybe some type of dream state or, or pain point that you solve for the customer. Okay? I could go on and on. I'm happy to take questions about the LinkedIn profile. Like, There's a ton of stuff. I actually talked to LinkedIn today. I talked to their direct, one of their directors of products 
They scheduled, we reached out to me. They were like, hey, I'm a longtime fan of your videos, been following your content. I'd love to schedule a call with you. We're doing some updates, product updates, profile updates, things of that nature. We wanna create a better experience for our users. We'd love to talk to you, get your perspective, get your feedback on what you think we need to implement and what you think is maybe right or wrong with the current system that we have. And I was like, cool, hell yeah, I'll get on a call like that. Like, so we got on the call and we just talked about, I gave him some suggestions and that kind of stuff. It's actually really cool. But I think, I love that LinkedIn actually cares enough to, like, they reach out to their creators and they, they want your opinion. They're one, they're just really down to earth, cool people. But two, they actually value enough to ask for your opinion and humbly take it and write down notes on what you, what you, you know, provide for them. So hopefully we'll see. I, I mentioned some cool things. I'm happy to talk more about that, but I mentioned a couple things that I think they should do. Hopefully they'll do it. We'll see. One of them was scheduling post. I was like, you got to get to a point where we can schedule our post in LinkedIn. I actually suggested, I was like, I think we need to have in the profile or somewhere very accessible to the profile, there needs to be a content hub or a content home base. And you click that button and it's got a content calendar for you. You can schedule out post. You can get help with post. You can, you know, copyright, you can implement, you can upload videos, and then you can just schedule them out for later. And so we'll see if that happens. But the second part, so that was clarify brand messaging. Again, story brand is a good framework to follow. The second part is just communicating. And that's just getting your content out consistently to your potential customers. Here's something that I've been talking about. It's a framework I've been talking about. Like if you want to convert your content to clients, this is a pretty, pretty good framework that you want to do. Because first of all, you're, with your content, the goal of your content is to draw in inbound leads. But to do that, you've got to create a demand for your products and services and then you do that by educating, edutaining, and motivating your potential customers around the things that you're an expert in, right? But here's three, here's kind of like three keywords that I would use to describe the type of content you're gonna put out. You need to put out content that describes why they need to shift their perspective or why they need to do what you sell in the first place. So what's the reason? So I may come out and talk about the benefits of putting out video content, what a presence on LinkedIn can do for your business, how it can help you achieve your revenue goals, that's why, right? Maybe why people aren't doing it. I could list that. The second one is the what. So what do they need to be doing now that they're not doing? What do they need to be doing that they're making a mistake on that they need to correct? And then the third thing is the how, how to, right? So how do you do this? Hey, how do you convert more of your content into customers? How do you, work, how do you set up a quick studio so you can record high quality video content? How do you think about going through your workflow or your strategy for your content? Right? How do you tie in this and this with your business? So some people jump right out and all they do is the how. And the how is fine, but if you don't go for the why and the what, sometimes they don't get that. Right? If I talked about how to every single time in my videos and people didn't really understand why they even need videos in the first place, it's gonna be harder for me to create that demand and draw on inbound leads. So I'm going why, what, how. That's a newer framework that I haven't talked about before, so hopefully that's beneficial for you guys. I'm happy to go in depth with that too. Um, so that's the content piece from communication, clarify, communicate. The other piece is just the engagement. We talked a little bit about that earlier, but you know, being able to put together some target list on sales navigator and LinkedIn and going out and strategically engaging with people that, you know, would become potential clients. And we covered that in social selling a couple weeks ago. So I don't want to go super in depth, but I'm happy to answer any questions on that. Uh, I broke this down very simply. So it's 18 minutes in now, maybe 15 minutes in, but we talked about clarify and communicate to win customers on LinkedIn, even through a recession. So let's take some questions. Anything I covered in the last 15 minutes, also anything that you're just curious about outside of what we just covered, anything content, video, LinkedIn, TikTok related. You back up. 
Um, I have a question about people that post comments on your content. So let's say, you know, a couple of my posts did, did, did pretty well, and, you know, we spoke about this, about reaching out to them directly. You know, is it being obviously strategically reach out to you, and what's What's the next step from there? Is it just a video DM? Like, how do you get this conversation to keep going? Yeah, exactly. So the first step, like here's my process for turning engagement into customers. When you already have the engagement on LinkedIn, like you're already, like you said, you're getting, you're getting likes and comments and that kind of stuff on your content. And most people go weeks and months and literally there's customers sitting in there and they don't convert them to customers because they're not doing this. Once a week, I'll try and go through and like, it depends on the, the day I do. It depends on whenever I have time for it. But you could get an operating rhythm where you do it every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, whatever it is. But at some point, you really should go back to all your content and just scrub through who is liking and engaging your post, right? And especially if you're higher ticket uh, sales, but even lower ticket, I do the same thing. Go through and find the people that are liking and commenting. Once you find them, I would tab out like I'd go through a week worth of content and I would tab out individual people that seem like they fit your target demographic, right? So obviously if it's like, you know, VA from Africa, you know, it's like, like that's probably, if that's not your target demographic, then don't worry about it, right? If it's a freelancer from Canada, like, you, you know, only focus in on like, oh, CEO, that's my target audience or business owner or VP of this or whatever it is. And maybe it's in a certain industry, start tabbing those people out. And then all you're going to do is there's two steps from here. One, you're going to make sure that you're connected with them. And if you're not connected with them, I would just send them a quick connection request. And I'd say, hey, thanks so much for checking out my video from last week on Friday about LinkedIn has changed. Really appreciate the, the support. Would love to support you back and be connected with you. That's it. You don't mention your product or service. You don't mention what you do. You don't mention next steps. You just don't do anything until they accept the connection request. If they're already connected to you, then that's yes. That's when you'd send the, VM, uh, the video DM. And then you'd simply exactly like what you said in terms of the, the next steps, because I would start the video DM off and say, hey, you know, hey, thanks, John. Thanks, Andrew. Like, I appreciate you taking the time to watch my video from Friday. Glad you got some value from it. The next step from there just depends on where you're trying to take people. Right. So it kind of depends on your path to conversion. If you're trying to get on a call with them, then you want to bring up something valuable to them that you think they might struggle with that you can maybe offer either free advice. Hey, I'm doing a live session next week. I saw you're active on LinkedIn. Awesome to see. I saw you even post a couple of videos. Hey, we're talking about how to win customers on LinkedIn um, next Tuesday. It's a free session. You definitely should come. Let me know if I can send you a link, right? Maybe it's for some people, it's getting them on their podcast. So maybe you're looking for key decision makers or VPs or execs or whatever it is business owners to be on your podcast. And so maybe then the reach out is, yeah, I'd love to have you on our podcast. I appreciate that you checking out my content. Da, 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 da. We run a podcast every week. We interview CEOs just like yourself. Um, cool thing is I record it so I can give you the recording, the content. You can post that for your own LinkedIn to get more awareness for you. Um, but we'd love to hear your story and help you get you know more of your story out to the masses or your customers or whatever it is, right? So it just depends on where you're trying to take people. But I give you a couple different avenues there. Any Any clarification needed there? Cool. And yeah, it just depends. I mean, again, you may be trying to get a coffee with someone, a meeting with somebody, podcast guests, could be invite to a live event, uh, could be a ton of things, but you're definitely trying to take the next step to some degree. Like what's not going to work is when people are like, you know, they just send a connection and it's like, oh, great to be connected with you. And it's like, 
if you want to build that relationship and take it a step further, you've got to initiate something, right? You have to give them something that, and you got to think about what's in it for them. Like, what do they care about? How are they going to get more exposure, better connections, more information that they want to consume that's going to help them, you know, hit their goals or whatever it is. Like, it's all about them. You know, for Mike, he sells a really good product as a software. It's called the, the ROI shop is his company. And basically you can come in there and type, if you're a salesperson, you're talking to a decision maker influencer. And I've, I've used this plenty of times and need to use it more. It's super effective. I've won deals because of it is you basically plug in like, all right, you know, let's based on our calculations here, this software, this product, this whatever would generate an extra 10 leads per month. Well, if your close rate's 30%, that means you're getting three extra customers per month. Your average deal size is $30,000. We're bringing in you $90,000 per month. Now I'm simplifying what this calculator can do, but just to make it easy, that's kind of what it does. So if I was Mike and I'm reaching out to customers, I'd say, hey, I see you're like, if they liked one of my videos, I'd be like, hey, thanks for checking out one of my, my video on X, Y, and Z. I really appreciate it. Awesome to be connected with you here now. I see you're posting some content, cool. You know, and then I would probably mention something like, you know, I was in sales for, I was in B2B sales for 10 years. One thing I wish we always would have used that we never did was an ROI calculator. Most people either use an Excel spreadsheet, it's a freaking disaster, or they just don't use anything. I, if you got a couple quick minutes, I think you'd nerd out on this. I'm being in sales too, like a VP of sales. I guarantee you'd nerd out on this and you're probably gonna wanna use something like this with your team. And hey, all good if we never do business or anything like that. I just wanna show you how it works and what you could be doing. Let me know if you're up for a free co you know, coffee or a chat or whatever it might be. Either way, thanks so much for checking out my video on Friday. I hope you have a great day. It's super casual. There's some value there, but it's not like a sales pitch, right? It's not me like, hi, my name is Alex. So I'm the founder and CEO of Impacts Marketing. And one thing we help do is help people turn their video content into a 24-7 sales rep for you. I'd love to show you how we do that and some of the clients that we work with. If they get the sense that it's a sales pitch, they're freaking out, right? So the video DMs that you send on LinkedIn have to be surgical. <laughs> And they have to be intentional, but it has to feel like it's you're getting a message from a friend. Like it's actually better to be casual. I think one of the big reasons some of these bigger video messaging companies have not done as well as they've wanted to, and people don't send more messages and salespeople, I don't hear a ton of salespeople sending video DMs. And I think one of the big reasons is, one, they don't know really what to say, but two, it just comes across as kind of salesy because they're a salesperson. And they're like, I don't know, I've never sent a video DM, right? Most of my video DMs that I send, like I got a hoodie on, I'm like walking around, I'm like, I'm like, Mike, what's going on? Like, hey, thanks so much for seeing my, you know, like it's very casual. Or if I engage with one of their posts, I'm like, hey, I loved your post on so-and-so, like, yo, you mentioned a couple things. It's very, very casual. I'm sitting down, the lighting's not perfect. I'm not in the studio. Like it's not, it's vertical video. It's done within LinkedIn. There's no link to go somewhere else. So, you know, again, casual, like, a, like you got a video from a friend and reduce the friction. No link to go to another page, no something else, just like literally done in the LinkedIn app. I support that, Alex, you know. Um, as uh, a marketer, and I, I kind of head up the marketing and tech company now as my day job, and I started in business, though, in sales. And I did B2B sales like, uh, like so many people did. Yeah. But having experienced the uh, reflex to always sell the next and to always be selling next, yeah you know what i mean and yeah and having the mindset now of somebody working in marketing and knowing how important demand generation is because only like one percent of your market in good times is ready to buy today right so 99 percent of your market that are not 
ready to buy today that you need to remain top of mind with. That's what you're selling. You're selling the mind share. You're selling yes. the relationship to keep yourself there. And uh, yep. those numbers, that, that 1% to 3% that's in market is the non-recession time. And to go back to like what you talked about at the beginning, whether or not this is formally ever declared recession, if it's perceived as it, everyone's going to batten down the hashes the same way. So that's an even narrower slice of the pie <laughs> that's ripe for the picking right now. Right. So, you know, the, the stuff that we're talking about here is great. I, I personally found a ton of value in how you emphasize that LinkedIn is kind of socially based as far as the social actions you take yep. versus interest-based because, you know, that's something that I've gone, I've, I've been blown on personally as a creator of doing enough of the social actions, even though I've been consistent with content creation for uh, over, you know, well, eight, 18 to 24, somewhere between almost two years now. Yeah. So when I notice that in chapters where I don't have the ability to do at the scale I need to the social actions, the content performance changes and the amount of inbound like profile views goes down. Yeah. Amount of, you know, when, when you're even if you had really good content that you schedule right outside of LinkedIn because they don't provide that. Oh, I know. <laughs> it does. Uh, you do get bottlenecked responses, and I I look at yeah. That, you know, even if I'm consulting on the side, it's not just the number of contents you get the you know clients you get. It's also the leading indicator of like how many profile views you're getting. Yes. You know, that does go down the less actions and it really is those things like just like i like that you guys that you champion the video dm because even though i don't do a lot of direct sales anymore the things that don't scale are the things that are the distinguishing characteristics exactly man you said so many good things on there so let me see if i can remember and hit on all these but the first one was just the first one from a dm perspective is like people get confused and they start treating dms like it's a marketing tactic it's really a sales tactic it, it could be driven. The leads could come from marketing, of course, and content, and a lot of them do, and the content feeds that system. But the act of one person, a personal profile, sending another message to another person on LinkedIn, to me, that's a sales activity. Like, that that's not a mass marketing, we're going to get a ton of stuff out to a ton of people. Like, you're trying to automate something that is a one-on-one, -on -one, high touch point type activity. Like, that's what content's for. I'll, my shit will be seen by millions of people. That's great. I post that content in the feed and it generates inbounds. Perfect. But when I'm reaching out to somebody, people want to automate and shortcut everything. You're like, oh, just mass market it all. It's like, well, that's not a marketing activity, right? Just like you wouldn't try to sales your way to marketing. Like you need to be able to reach the masses too. So you, you got to do both, right? The other thing you said was really good about, you know, demand creation and when that market gets squeezed. And, you know, I was talking to someone today and they're like, you know, how do I sell my products or services in my business or in my content? And they were like asking me questions like, oh, here's my opening line. Let me know what you think. Do you struggle with this, this, and this? We're running a free, we're running an event. Da, da, da. And I'm like, no, you don't do any of that shit in your content. That's how you, that's how you convert more of your content into customers. You don't sell in it, right? I'm like, I, and I was like, imagine this, right? You put out 10 videos and all you're trying to do is capture some of that demand and convert somebody. And you're talking about, hey, you know, we do this, this, and this, or, you know, we're running our webinar, or we're doing this and this. And once in a while, that stuff's fine. But then imagine me. And I produce the next 10 videos and all I do is obsessively focused on the customer and the problem that I can help them solve, the dream state that I can help them get to. That's all I focus on obsessively. Who are they going to go to buy from after those 10 videos from me and the 10 videos from the person trying to sell something and they're trying to like, you know, oh, a little bit of value, but really just come to my stuff or check out my website or do this, right? It's a no brainer. 
they're going to come to the person that's providing so much value to them and creating that demand in the first place. And so the last thing I was going to say on this is that during a recession, you should put out more content than you ever have because it, it, when people, when it's, we're going to bounce back, of course, right? Like it, it always bounces back and it happens every single time when it bounces back, when it bounces back, the people that flourish and take off almost instantly are the people that have already built trust, credibility, and created demand for the customer in the process while we were going through a recession. Like it just happens every single time, every single time. So there's no, like some people are like, oh, we're getting ready to like launch our stuff in the next three to six months. So we want to start creating content then. I'm like, dude, you need three to six months to create the demand in the first place. Like there's never a wrong time. Like you're never going to go back six months and be like, you know, I wish I would have waited longer to create content. Like everyone's the opposite. It's like, I wish I would have done this. If we ask everyone in here, everyone would be like, Hell yeah, I wish I did this two years before I started. Of course, like it's, it's a no brainer, obviously. Like I wish I started saving before I started saving. Like it, that's always the answer. I'd add that like the higher ticket your offering is, the longer and the longer your sales cycle usually is from first sale touch point to close, the longer that lead time on content needs to be. Totally. Like it's like two to th at least two to three sales cycles. Like I work in high ticket SaaS right now. Yep. And like the stuff I'm doing now is a Q3 close. Next yes, week. exactly. So if you don't start creating content now, you're not even in the game. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're not even in the conversation. So, and when I tell people always like, how, how fast do you convert your videos to customers? And I'm like, well, it depends, right? We sell a higher ticket service now too, but it depends. But I'm like, you know, on average, it's probably three, four, sometimes maybe in the five month range, but typically three to four months. So that means they're consuming my videos daily, weekly for months at a time. And it could be sometimes, in some cases, it's 12 months. It's it's 18 months. Like I've been watching your videos for a year and a half now. And I'm like, you just now gave me a call? Like, come on, man. Like, what have you been waiting for? You, we could already had a brand built for you. We could already had your clients one. Like I would have made you 50 times your money back by now. But, but you know, sometimes it's a year, year and a half. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, I saw literally the first video I saw was last week. And like, we're just, you know, I, I think what you said is good. I looked at your profile, looked at your testimonials and we need that. So, you know, you never want to look at one or two videos and be like, are am I, my next two videos going to convert to a customer? It's harder to really, to, to identify that. But you want to look at like, if you're posting content for a year straight, two years straight, three years straight, you're going to catch people at different cycles. And to your point, Mike, like some people are in a cycle where like in the next two months, they're going to make a decision. And if you're influencing that decision through your content and some engagement every day for the next two months, you're going to be at the top of the list. It's just how it is, right? Versus the random cold caller or person that they got to search on Google, which they're probably not going to do because they found your content first. So, you know, other cases, to your point, they may be like, yeah, this is good content. Man. Our contract doesn't expire for eight months or 12 months but they continue to see your content in the feed. And so basically what people don't understand that content does is that it's a pipeline nurture. It just nurtures your pipeline. I mean, there's, I, I just signed a client literally today that I first got in a call with four months ago. First, original, originally touched based, I think maybe 12 months ago, he's been consuming my content for probably a little bit over a year. And we had that call three or four months ago been seeing my content. I'm talking about some of the pain points that he's going through and how he can solve them and how to take away some of his time by us handling the editing and just different things like that. And so we got reconnected. I sent him a video DM just following up from our previous conversation. We booked the call and he signed up today. 
So your content just continues to nurture that pipeline. It continues to keep people warm. And it's not you having to, like back in my B2B sales days, a lot of it was like, you felt like you were kind of checking in. Like you had to try to come up with something valuable to say. Well, now you're getting in front of them and you're nurturing them by providing a shit ton of value. So it's like, you're just upping your level of credibility. You're upping your value, your equity in the person. And that's why I feel like I was talking about this the other day to the mortgage industry. I was like, you know, they talk about having equity in your house. What about equity in your personal brand? Like I've, I cold called for 10 years and, and booked meetings that way. And I won clients and I had a good career. So it does, it's not that it doesn't work. But after 10 years, I walked away with zero equity. I had no equity. No one knew my name. I had no brand. Nobody ever came to me inbound. I did content for serious content for three years or less. And I have a shit ton of equity. And all of my customers pretty much at this point come inbound. LinkedIn, TikTok, live events, podcasts, right? So I've built serious equity. And I think about the next three years, I'm like, it's gonna be double, triple, quadruple that, right? Because it does build, it compounds over time. So I just think, yeah, I mean, I'll, I won't beat a dead horse here, but God, the power of putting out content consistently. I just, when, when people really live it and they've see, they see how it transforms your business and your life and your opportunities, it's like, I, you can't almost understand how someone wouldn't do this. Like, exactly. it's like hard to like, what are you thinking? Like, I think back to like the way things were and it's like, you know, there's that old adage that like, you know, time kills sales. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time kills all deals. Content, content stops the clock. Right. You know what I mean? Content yep. is what keeps the deal alive from that first touch point of them seeing you. It can be three to six months and it's just as warm. Right. It never stopped, you know? Yeah, and I always like to say too, like you have so much leverage coming into the meeting when you've booked the meeting through content and someone's came to you inbound. Because when I would show up to meetings when I would cold call, cold outreach, you know, the old school sales way, I would get in front of decision makers and you always felt like, Oh, like I'm wasting their time. They're like, all right, what do you got? What do you got? You know, and they're basically commoditizing you. As soon as you walk in the door, you're instantly commoditized because they don't see you as any different. The last person they talked to cold called them and now they're meeting with them too. So you could do some things to differentiate yourself on cold calls, of course, but at the end of the day, you don't have leverage. When you've put out content and you've gotten people to come to you, now you're instantly an expert. Now you're instantly unique in the industry. Now you're instantly, you instantly have a lot of leverage. And so the conversation becomes much more, so Alex, you were talking about this the other day. What did you mean by that? How do you turn your video content to a 24-7 sales rep? Like, what does it mean to build a video content machine? Like, they start asking you questions. Is like, hey, please help me. Please teach me. And so it's just a different leverage. It's just a different vantage point to enter a conversation on, a sales conversation with. It's, I mean, obviously, I would, I would take that over any other method possible. It's just, it's that good. Uh, a momentum on posts. For you, when you post something, obviously, you know, you, you post daily on, on your videos, like, do you give it a couple hours to see how it's doing or like in the first hour, if it's not really performing, it's, you, you feel like it's a, you know, I don't want to say it's a bust, but like. Yeah. Yeah. The momentum of a post. I mean, first of all, the LinkedIn algorithm has changed. I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but it, it has changed in terms of how it distributes posts and how long the shelf life, life is. Like, I, and I'm not saying like a major massive change, but I've noticed that I've had, it used to be in the first hour, if your post didn't do well, it was done. If your post took off in the first hour, it was gonna continue to take off for potentially 24, 48 hours, even a week later. Like it would have a good shelf life if it took off in the first hour. I'm talking like really good engagement. 
And so the first hour, you could determine everything. Now what I've noticed is I've had posts where in the first hour, I'm like, man, this is, this post did not take off like I thought it would. And then literally like 10 hours later, it starts taking off more. Or even I've had some where it ended the day like 10,000 views for a video. And then I check back two days later and it's 35,000 views and way more engagement. And so it's like, it's definitely changed. It's almost been the opposite with TikTok where I feel like for me personally, I post a video now and within the first couple hours, I can kind of tell how it's going to do. It's a little bit less. There used to be those delayed explosions, they'd call it. And you'd post a video, it might get two, three or 400 views. And then you check back the next day and it'd be like through the roof. Now, TikTok does have a long shelf life. Like I posted a video that did 26,000 views, which for, for my following is pretty good. And um, it did, I think, maybe 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 the first 24, 48 hours. And then it still took off to 26. So they're, you know, it, algorithms are always changing, I think. Um, so I don't, I, I'd be curious what you're asking for in terms of like, what do you want to know so you can go do differently for the momentum piece? Because in my mind, it's, yeah. I just didn't know, like, like you said, like in the first hour, you just, you know, you're not seeing anything. You're like, ah, shit, that bomb. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even like your video, Andrew, that one day I checked it and it was like, what, 200 reactions or something. And then I checked back like a couple days later and it was like thousands and like 540 uh, reposts or shares. And I was like, what the hell? Like it, it is changing. So I think, you know, my message is always like, you know, the algorithms are always going to be changing. And so there's not really much we can do about that. Like they're smart. They're, it's AI, it's data scientists. Like that stuff's out of our control, but what we can control is consistently putting out good quality content and going back and measuring how our content's performing if you look at the end of the week or whatever it might be. And what I've been big on recently is I've, I, I take note of which, uh, if you look at a month's worth of content, go back and look at the top 10 performing, highest performing videos or posts that you've done and then find a way to reverse engineer and re-engineer those posts to basically have, it's a very similar type of video or message, but you've just re-engineered a little bit. You've done a remix, I call it. And then you get that post or that video back into the feed. So a couple of quick examples, if you're like, well, well, give me an example. LinkedIn meets TikTok. I did that series, I think 11 or 12 times. I, all I did was like, I posted it once, it did really well. I did a remix, I changed some things. The second one did really well. I did it again. I was like, man, people love this concept, right? This is more of an edutainment one. I, the third one, I changed some things. I had a little music to it. Fucking took off. Went viral, booked me. Tons of leads, meetings, turned into clients. Like it was a great series. I did it six, seven, eight more times. They all performed pretty good. And at the end, I was kind of like, all right, I think this thing's on its shelf life. I think it's expired. Like it's time to move on. I'll still maybe do one here and there. But like this, I kind of was like, all right, I'm good with that series. It gave me a great output. Great, great in terms of like results. Another one we did on... Uh, TikTok that I also did on LinkedIn where I was like, LinkedIn has changed. And then I talk about like how LinkedIn is not the same platform it was a couple of years ago. And I'm really trying to educate people that aren't super familiar with LinkedIn. And I'm trying to commit, I'm going back to the why, the what, the how. I'm going to why here. I'm talking about why they need to be on the platform. Why do they need to take it seriously? Why it matters for their business growth and revenue goals. And so I noticed that that hook and that message blew up on TikTok. So I reversed or re-engineered it a couple different times and every single time they took off, the last one I think did probably was one of the better ones. So, you know, analyze, you know, I would go back, Andrew, we should sit down and do this, but we should go through that one post 
and even the top five best performing posts in the last three or four weeks and find ways to kind of re-engineer re them, tweak them a little bit, get them back out in the feed. Because there's something, when something hits, you got to take notice of why. It's, it's not like, you know, randomly they're pulling out certain posts and, you know, making them go viral and other ones they are just tanking. It's your audience. It, it's, it's how they're reacting. It's your hook. It's your message. It's your, how you deliver it. You know, it's those type of things that go into the performance of the video. So it's definitely important to, to analyze that. What I love about TikTok and they have co better content analytics than LinkedIn. So you can actually see your drop off rate. So you can see, when did people really start dropping off? Was it two seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds, you know? And so you'll notice that some videos, if the hook's not good, it drops right off the bat. Some video, great hook, but then it kind of drops off. That means the message to follow the hook wasn't as good. And then your good performing videos on TikTok, and, and the same with LinkedIn, I'm sure it's similar, although it's, it is a social graph, so it's a little different. But on TikTok, the ones that do really well start high, five, six seconds in, you still got 50% or more retention rate. And then it doesn't drop like that. It doesn't go so steep. It just kind of goes like this. Like it kind of like bellies out a little bit and goes down slowly versus like the, I don't know if you can see me. Yeah. 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 So it's really valuable, but you know, to the points earlier, like LinkedIn is, is part content based, but part community and engagement based. So I think if you're, I mean, if, especially if you're newer on LinkedIn, like I, the biggest hack that you could do aside from putting out content consistently, which you need to be doing is just go engage engagement, 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 like, and be strategic with it. Find people that you want to do business with that are strategic partners, you know, allies in the feed of other people that promote or post content. So they'll help you and, and comment on yours, you know, be strategic with it, but you can kind of engage your way to some momentum. You can't really engagement your way to momentum on TikTok. It's just the videos have to hit. It's watch time and you know, um, your retention rate and all that stuff.